They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. Fantasy is back, and that means we are back. This is the Bo Knows Fantasy Football Podcast. After a pretty insane week one, I mean, uh, justification for band kickers, uh, lots of, uh, you know, comeback from the dead plays, teams that we were expecting to be at the bottom of the league, scoring some of the highest point totals, even though they left a, a roster spot scoring zero because somebody was injured, just Total wackiness in week one. Here to break it down with me, as always, is the commissioner, Justin. Great week one for you. How are you feeling, my friend? Uh, Yeah, you know, kind of a, a mixed bag. It's hard to complain when your team scores so much, but, you know, getting a, a pretty bad game out of your, your quarterback that you don't even like in the first place doesn't feel good. Um, and getting a pretty bad game out of your most expensive keeper also doesn't feel good. But, yeah, we... You know, it's only one week. We'll, I we'll mean, keep it going. Everything has to feel good when Justin Jefferson is like not even just, you know, out there scoring and, uh, you know, getting your points. Uh, but in a game where they just like left him open, I mean, that second touchdown. It seemed it? like their game plan was to stop every Viking but Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah. I don't know why that was their game plan, but I guess they thought that they could that'd be a winning strategy i mean up in the front office in green bay they're like we're gonna prove one day that he's not that good that you know (laughs) he's actually very bad we'll prove it one day but it was not this day uh but yeah no great uh great score Uh, we'll see it you know you're it looks like some stat corrections may have already happened you dropped maybe like half a point overnight uh so I, i still got like four and a half points on you we'll see if uh stat corrections adjust that uh, for the first ever, the inaugural uh, top scorer gets twenty bucks uh, gig. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I really need that cash. So um, let's go stack corrections. I gotta say, if if I can walk away with it, week one's like a great time to walk away with it because it's like, well, that's just the extra money that you know because league fees, and we'll get into league fees in a bit. Uh, but you know, one twenty five and knock twenty dollars off that. No matter what happens, I'm in, I'm in good shape. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it can add up to, I know in the past we've had some teams that, you know, kind of fell out, um, you know, during playoffs or right before playoffs, we do a similar structure in my baseball league though. And I had one year where I almost, we we don't have as big as like first prizes in my baseball league, but I had a year where I had scored the high score in like half the weeks and the baseball season's like 20 weeks long. So I'd scored almost as much money as first place just from having a really good team throughout the season. Nice. Yeah. Well, it should add some extra incentive. Um, I mean, we were talking in chat, you know, Ashley's like historical luck of being one of the top scoring teams and missing the playoffs. Yeah. It, but hopefully, I mean, not that 20 bucks will ever make a, you know, a season loss and not feel good. But, you know, if you could stack a couple of those, maybe get most of your uh, entry feedback without even making the playoffs. That's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. Maybe uh, a little evening the field there for some of our bad luck franchises that just always get struck by a uh, horrible, horrible luck. Not me. Not you. I'm struck by good luck when I lose to your team every other year yeah. in the bubble. Well, let's see. Um, it will take, it's still definitely possible. I don't know. Well, I guess it's I, with seeding. I don't know if it's, possible since we're division mates and maybe this is a great segue into divisions uh but yeah you know that's part of uh, 
that is part of why I picked you for my division, it, just because we don't usually get that spot, that opportunity. Uh, but I was still thinking, you know, hey, we could battle it out and still potentially make it to the bubble. I don't know. We'll have to get the nerds on that to to check the to make sure the math backs that up. But um, how about these divisions, bro? Uh, the divisions are looking wild right now. Um, again, only one weekend, but yeah, I'm kind of looking my chops at some of these other divisions if I was in them. I also don't know how ESPN calculates this because Ashley with uh, the third highest score of the season, um, she is sitting in third place in our division and has a 38% chance to make playoffs. Um, The same as Eric who has the 10th um, or I'm not sure what that is. The ninth worst score for the week um, and and took the L Uh, they they have them both at 38%. So would love to know what's going into that. I mean, ESPN does some some weird shit. I mean, they've had their kind of like, uh, if you look on the main league page and scroll down a bit, you know, they got that kind of like uh, chart, you know, the pa- it's kind of like power rankings, but they call them file, final stand projections and it moves all over. I feel like that is always just like total wonkiness. Um, and I was starting to feel that way this year, but I mean, it you, it's kind of evening out after the crazy week one we had, but yeah, I don't know where ESPN does its, its stuff. It, it needs- yeah. I mean that, that current chart on the league site, they had Ashley in 12th to start the season. And again, with the third highest score of the week and a win, she, they bumped her up to 11th. Congratulations, Ashley. You're, you're 11. <laughs> so yeah, not really sure what's going into a lot of these things. I mean, I, I got the second highest score and I went from second to fourth. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I jumped Pretty up. Pretty brutal, but Adams are trending up. I know. I like it. We'll get into that. There's some exciting, uh, you know, some, 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 uh, I think some top contenders, some teams we hear about, you know, every year. And then, uh, I don't know. We had some strong showing again from two teams that didn't, you know, <laughs> check up with uh, injuries and set their rosters uh, on, on week one, but still mo- both put up, uh, what, the number four, number five scores uh, for the week. So, Nope. In great shape. I mean, we had uh, Ryan as well, Butthole Surfers. I mean, uh, it, it, not definitely not in the same realm as non-roster starters, uh, but in a different, similar bucket called Cam Acre Believers. Uh, so when you start Cam Acres and then get, what, like zero points out of them, <laughs> but still manage to pull off the win. So I, I'm, I'm, I know Ryan does not feel comfortable about that win, but he'll take it. Yeah, we definitely had... Um just kind of scores all over the place in the matchups playing a real big part. I mean, Jim came away with the win with the third lowest score. Uh, Ryan and uh, Robert both got the, uh, the win with, you know, kind of mediocre scores, you know, and then like you said earlier, boomers and Adams took the L with um, some pretty big scores. So yeah, matchups definitely played a big part in the, the, the week one. Yeah. I think those three matchups really highlight, you know, some weeks it's really not like who wins. It's like who loses more, like whose team could do worse. Uh, we had a couple of those competitions going on week one. Um, so yeah, I was really back and forth. You know, there it's like with the gym and, and Brett matchup, you know, I think um, for the most part, I think, ESPN had Jim ahead, like, you know, for most of the weekend. And then like later on there, you know, Brett seemed to be coming back. Uh, and I forgot, I totally forgot to check up on other matchups. I was so fixated just on the Seahawks playing, uh, playing Russ last night that I wasn't really like watching the scores, but, um, I thought Brett was going to pull it off, you know, see, uh, come back to see, you know, Jim ha- had pulled it off, uh, in the end. So I don't know, losing harder. It kind of sucks. You always mock me for those floor plays, but you know, Hey, 
there's a place for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it kind of feels as you're looking through the lineups and stuff, it kind of feels like you know you used to be able to get away with like certain plays um, or that they'd fly, but you know we just have so many roster positions now that if you even have like a couple guys, you know, dip below um, you know six or seven points, like that can that can bite you big time. Um, you know, in some of these closer matchups. Yeah, I was. Um... <clears throat> I was wondering, uh, like late Sunday, you know, seeing my score it kind of uh, top out, you know, I've seen me, me top out, but I was just curious if it you know, was like my highest score ever, because I don't usually get it up into the two hundos. Um, and then just kind of curious where it's at. So I was like scrolling back through last year and then like Janet had like a 260 something score last year. Um, 259.59, um, which is, I, I think like a 24 point average across uh your all your teams like your every slot in your roster so if you're talking about 11 players averaging like 23 24 points that's insane so yeah what you're talking about there with like one player scoring you know seven especially if you're going off on against a team that's just you know getting that that floor 10 to 15 points per spot and then have a few people going off have a few minka pitts fatrick pitts patricks or some uh, josh allen's you know scoring 30 um, man, it's like, it's really insane. So I don't know. I got my, uh, high score check in early. I do this like once a year where I was like, oh, maybe I'm the top. And then I look at historical and I'm like, oh no, people have like blown this score out of the water several times in the past. I mean, you yourself scored 238 last year. I know. I looked at that and I was really surprised. I don't remember. That same week that Jana scored 259. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Huge week, huge week. I think, uh, um, Jana has two of the top four scores. Yeah. Her, her squad was banging last year. week four and week five yeah banging last year um one thing i saw and I, I wish i had written it down for the pod but um just a note on like scoring in the nfl um you know like historically and especially with the last like season or so i think you know there there was like some amount of touchdowns that they expected to score and it and week one ended up being like 60 or 70 touchdowns or maybe not that much i don't know what it was but uh it, it was quite a bit like lower touchdown totals so i'm wondering too you know we we did decrease some idp scoring and that definitely took effect you could see that when you know we made that change you know scores you know, <laughs> yeah decreasing idp on the fly yeah sorry about that all somebody who had like a pretty good idp score on the day it was, it was pretty depressing watching that i mean i'd already watched von miller's like 16 points go to 13 points and then i watched a 13 go to 10 so uh <laughs> it's more of the same um so i mean definitely i you know we saw it take effect so the 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 IDP scoring, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes all year, but it definitely, you know, drops some scores. So that plays a part of it. But also, I mean, if, if like overall TDs were down, you know, week one and just looking at some of these scores, I mean, these are some real like week six scores, week seven scores. I, mean, I, was, I was expecting a little bit higher, but it could also be one thing that kept calling out over and over on the, the coverage last night is just like, you know, with no preseason, you know, this is like week one now is kind of like preseason for a lot of starters. So I guess maybe we should expect like a slower start. It definitely seemed like some of the teams were coming out of the gate slower than others. So yeah, I'm, in- I'm definitely interested to see if um, offenses kick it up week two. Yeah, for sure. Um, we started about, uh, you know, the divisions. I'm not sure. Aside from saying, you know, uh, Andrew picked his uh, division title. Uh, I don't know if it's PC to say uh, Richard did, so I'm just gonna. Think. I can't even say it on the podcast. I know, I, I'm just gonna it's think. Of, 
we're just going to call it Poop Division. So Poop Division uh, has its name. <laughs> I, I'm still uh, debating some. I, I've got some, you know, some uh, in the final final contest, but uh, I'll have it picked before. Uh, are you working that out with Lucinda? Are we going to get any kind no, of cohesion, I, or just? No, I think to, I think this time it just you know it, we we should all pick what we want, you know, especially too because this is. Uh, you know, Andrew, how many times has Andrew got to pick a division name? How many times has Lucinda got to pick a division name? You know, I want people to be free. Uh, and, you know, there's not a lot of like video games or TV shows that Andrew, Lucinda and I have really just sat down and totally binged together. So, you know, we don't have a lot of those common reference things. But uh, yeah, shout out to Lucinda. I know you're listening. Uh, you know, come up with your division name. I'll do mine uh, hopefully before Sunday. Uh, we'll get them up there, and then we can start referring to these divisions in their proper name. You know, poop division, power division, and whatever Lucinda's is. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other notes on divisions before we uh, move on? Uh, I mean, it looks like it's going to be interesting. We're not very far into the the season, um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at the structure, it's interesting. We have kind of like the underperforming um, division with uh, Andrews. Um, and then we have kind of like a mixed bag, I feel like more in Lucinda's. And then we have what looks like it may be the power division in our division, but I'm, I'm sure a lot will change in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I honestly, I think that Andrew's division, uh, the poop division, <laughs> is, you know, they only got one win. Uh, congrats, Robert, you know, sitting on top like the Seahawks uh, on the NFC West. Um, but if you look at, uh, and we'll talk more about, you know, the, the scores when we get to power rankings and all that kind of stuff, but Everyone had a pretty good showing, except for Jana. Jana's team, Narwhal, scored lowest points, but I did not. I definitely did not rank them in the bottom third uh, of the power rankings because that squad is pretty good, pretty sharp. It was just a bad week. So I mean, I we're 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 calling our division a power division. Hey, we could go about it this week, but you know, give it a couple of weeks. Uh, Andrew's division might might come back and uh, might be a little bit scary. Uh, yeah. All right. Do we have any uh, mailbag? Any hotline? Anything like that? Uh, we don't have any hotline. We do have some mailbag. Also, I am really struggling to remember how many podcasts we even did last year. It uh, looks like we did like four. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Or something. Yeah, it wasn't okay. a lot. Um, I guess we should get that shame and, and blame over. Uh, but it, you know, it is what it is. You know, me- mental health is important. People, I want us all to focus on this, especially during during the very stressful fantasy football season. But uh. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited to be back on the pod. I'm definitely excited to be like playing fantasy. I know you are too. So uh, as much as we can, we're going to do it. We're going to keep them going. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I do have some funny mailbags to read for from last year. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I am, I am motivated to get it done this year. Um, unfortunately, yeah, stuff does pop up, but we'll see if uh, we can be a little bit more flexible. Austin's over on the West Coast now. So I think, uh, I think we're going to be able to get it done. For sure. All right, so yeah, I'll just get I'll just give some highlights um, from last season's mailbag that we just never got to. I'm, I'm happy that people are writing in though. Uh, this one just says Ryan sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all I think we all agree with that. Um, this one says, "What does my mound look like now?" And it's signed by Jana. <laughs> that must have been something. Some joke. Remember, we had like the the humps, like the scoring curves. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jana, your mound last year was incredible. Uh, this year, it's it's looking a little little flat. Hey, uh, in order to have a good mound, you need a good like dip in front. So mm, she's just she's just getting the dip, so the mound peak <laughs> is higher. 
Um, let's see. Uh, here, we got some compliments in here. Ryan gave some excellent insight on certain teams and players when he was co-hosting. Will Ryan be returning in the future? Always. Um, well, well, not last year's future, but this season's future. Certainly. We love having guests on. It's true. Uh, here's a, here's an evergreen mailbag. You could just punch this in any season and it makes sense. Holy freaking seagulls. Will Jim ever make a trade? <laughs> no, no, he will not. Probably not. Sorry, that might be. Um, yeah. And then uh, Boomers is having an awesome season. Yeah, they, they did have a great season. Yeah, I, I, I guess like you might call it success. <laughs> uh, uh, and they had a follow up question that I don't have the answer to, but um, I'll try to dig that up at some point. How many regular season champions have gone on to win the whole enchilada? That's my, my season. I was the regular season champion. Yeah, when I won. Uh, but you've also been the regular season champion when you lost to me, I think, in yeah. 2018. Um, definitely a lot of uh, regular season champions have not won, um, but there's definitely been a handful. I feel like, yeah, there's there's the handful's got to be. So I'm guessing like three or less. Uh, All right. So we'll, 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 uh, we'll look that up. Yeah, we'll find out. Anything else? Uh, that's it for our, our greatest hits. Um, we do have some uh, that people wrote in today, which is very nice. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So uh, do we think it was a good idea to not play Kareem Hunt? Well, you know how I feel about this. I don't need to waste anybody's time about <laughs> starting both of the Browns running backs every week. <laughs> the only like my comment about it has less to do with Kareem Hunt and more to do with Damian Pierce, who got started over Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, you may have been thinking Kareem Hunt was more of like a boom bust play, whereas Pierce is more of like a locked and loaded thing. Uh, but Pierce is a, a great reminder that no matter how much hype a player gets in the preseason, um, you know, that may not translate to the regular season. Yeah, that one. Um, that one's a tough I, one. I mean, I not in my drafts, but, you know, this is what I hear on podcasts. People are like talking about Pierce going in like round three, round four mm-hmm. of, you know, redraft leagues. And that's just, you know, that's insane. Yeah. You know? It's still Houston, man. Like we knew who the RB one in Houston was last year and they weren't worth anything. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think Pierce can still get it going long-term, but yeah. Uh, you know, be careful with the, the preseason hype. It's really tough because you know, the, the hype's there. And then the fact that they're a rookie that you, I mean, the bell cow running back is now a thing of the past pretty much, you know? So the, I, I mean, I, I was, I was in on Pierce. I was worried that he was, uh, that's one good thing about auction. You know, I think in a lot of drafts, yeah, he was going in like fourth round or third round, which is nuts. At least in ours, you know, like we get that little value kind of uh, dip a little bit later and he kind of fell in there, but it's tough. It's tough. Um, I can't say for certain that I would have played hunt over Pierce, but I, th- I think you gotta, you gotta see one week. I mean, if he goes off on your bench week one, you know, you're, you're still happy, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Ashley came away with the, the win, you know, well-rounded team, um, an amazing kind of wide receiver core. So I'm sure she'll be happy. Um, especially, yeah, like you said, now she's got somebody on the bench she can plug in. Um, all right. Next one here. We got uh week one ready for some overreaction takes. Um, yeah, probably. There. Damian Pierce is probably going to score like 30 points next week and, you know, I'll be a big dummy. I know. Well, we'll see. I mean, the, 
the overreaction takes, I mean, there's so many to be had, but really the most, the ones that we care about, the most dramatic ones will happen tomorrow when the waiver wire unlocks. And uh, I mean, I don't really know. I haven't gone through the waiver wire thing yet, but there's a couple names. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about tight ends later. If you want a little sneak peek and you're following along, uh, go look at the scoring leaders for tight ends and, and check those out. Uh, and pick up all of them. Pick up That's all of them. Locked, locked and loaded 10 points a week every Seattle. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Uh, but yeah, so there'll be some overreaction tomorrow on the waiver wire or maybe some underreaction. I think sometimes, uh, you know, as a league, and I definitely would fall into this, you, you want to get conservative with your money. It's a long season. One extra week I added last year. So uh, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll, I, that's the kind of chaos I'm looking for, though. See, seeing who drops, uh, you know, all these delicious players for me to pick up later in the week, who's going to drop all this money on uh, – uh, Dontrell Hilliard or <laughs> who is the Tennessee running back? He's, yeah. Hilliard. We'll see. All right. Next one here. Austin, your team is ridiculous. How did we let this happen? How, how did, did we you? allow this to happen? How did you allow it? I mean, what were we supposed to do when you have a, a suave drafter like Austin in the league? Uh, I would like to, to say, cause I, I'm not out of the woods yet. I definitely got great performances uh, from a lot of spots um, I think the the thing that people were calling out most during the draft uh, was uh, running back, running back two. Um, I, I put AJ Dillon in that spot. A uh, lot of people on on Reddit and Twitter talking about AJ Dillon RB one, you know Aaron Jones RB two. For the record, do not believe that. Um, so I, I'm still a little concerned about that, but overall, I'm pretty happy. Got to be happy. Keepers paying off, defense paying off. Love to see it. I, I, yeah, if anyone wants to feel better too, it's very unlikely that uh, Austin's team will look remotely like this next season um, with the the keeper the keeper inflation finally putting an end to his reign of terror. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. At least uh, we got that going for us. Austin is going to introduce a proposal uh, in the off season to reduce inflation to zero. So just remember to vote no on that. I actually, I still really, you know, what is this the third year of the new inflation? second year mm, i don't remember whatever it is i actually really like it so far um i think it balances out well because i think like once it, it just like again once players whatever that uh threshold is like at 25 to 30 dollars like once once players hit there they really start ramping up quickly and it's like those are the types of players i think universally across the league that you know we want to be back into you know the the player pool for the draft like basically the the dudes in the first two three rounds um and i like the inflation it does that you know but it, it still allows you to like capitalize on some low value uh keepers uh some reset veterans this year looking at you deandre hopkins uh chris godwin was looking good but he got hurt so we'll see on that one but um no so for the record austin approves of uh the the inflation just need one more keepers All right. just go to five <laughs> Does the surfer's scoring chart remind anyone else of that old web game where you draw lines for the little sled guy to ride? I don't remember that game. Such a hyper specific question. Does it, does the game end in, I mean, like in in like a crash or like for the sled riders, is it like a tragedy? Because when I saw that line, that's what I felt. You know, he, he got the W and I'm sure he's happy about it, but that was a pretty big spread on your, on your chart there. 
yeah, and uh, I was able to, I, I don't normally store these results, but um, when I was fixing the code for this season, I reran it on last season. I stored all the results for the whole season. I'm going to keep doing that going into the future. And I, I know we've talked about this and people have asked for it. So yeah, we are going to have like a long-term um, kind of, you know, are you better? Are you a better manager than ESPN? Essentially um, CBS for my baseball league, they have something built in like that. And it is very like, it, it fucks with your head big time. <laughs> um, so I look forward to publishing that stuff for the people who are constantly like being beat by the ESPN projections. Um, it, yeah. there, there's, I mean, it, this demands like a scientific study. So actually get on it, but there's like, when ESPN tells you one player is going to score more than the other, no matter what you think of ESPN, I think at this point we're all kind of like, okay, you guys like really mail it in for the fantasy research. But if they're like, man, they say that Devontae Smith is going to score 1.1 point more than Rashad Bateman. I got to listen to that. These are guys, they're professionals, right? And there's so much pressure to do it. Uh, I don't even like, you know, I'm, I'm like messing around with my lineup, you know, midweek, uh, kind of toying with some some ideas and, and looking at it. I don't even like, it's Tuesday. I don't even like a lower projected player sitting in my lineup right now. So there's definitely some <laughs> mental blocks that come into to that projection. It takes, it takes strong will to fight it off. Yeah, I, I will say that one thing I think that isn't like kind of baked into these numbers when you're looking at them is like, um, you know, kind of like how uh, risk adverse you want to be. Um, because there are definitely some people who probably like to take chances in their lineup, um, or at least with like a couple lineup positions. And that makes your lineup like not look, uh, optimal to ESPN. I do this in pretty much like any fantasy league I'm in. There's always like one spot where I like to play, um, you know, kind of like a risky upside play, uh, just, just for fun, you know, um, and try to be pretty safe with the rest. But you know, that, that decision more often than not would be punished when I'm comparing it to the ESPN side. Um, but sometimes you're playing for upside, you know, you might have like a tough matchup and you need, you know, just like a lot higher ceiling players um, that, that wouldn't be captured by this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good points. Um, I think ESPN is like pretty good at like those, using those projections as floors. But yeah, like you said, it's like, you know, I don't always think they factor in a lot of upside. I mean, it, it's like the highest, uh, you know, the highest they'll rank Josh Allen is like he might score 21 points. It's like he's damn well going to score 21 points. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Love seeing the chart. Uh, we'll, we'll get that on the website. Did you already say that? You might've already said that, uh, just in case you're not in chat and get in chat cause there's good stuff and memes. Um, but yeah, very cool. Any other uh, mailbag? Uh, just one more, which, uh, or sorry, with week one in the bag, which team should watch out for the toilet bowl? It's a tough, tough question. Um, it's sad to say this because uh, last last season this team was my dark horse pick, um, but uh, Brett might you know his team he got some bad luck. His team did not look good. Uh, avoid that toilet bowl, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, TGIF. I think uh, he's got a lot of ceiling. Devonte Adams looks like he might be. Uh, well, I was gonna. <laughs> I guess if Justin Jefferson and uh, Cooper Cup didn't exist, I was going to say he, he looks like maybe the top wide receiver, uh, but he did look really good. Um, but the rest of the team just uh, it seems like a lot of these guys just don't have a lot of upside. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with TJF. All right. We'll see uh, season's end if those predictions hold true. Uh, tough, tough week one for TGIF, t- tough week one for, for fluff. Uh, 
Fluffy had a little bit more of a chance in TGIF, but <laughs> still rough, still rough. All right, so that wraps up the mailbag. That's it. All right. Um, we did mention, I guess this is a good point to talk about it. We mentioned really briefly just the IDP changes that we had to push through mid-game on uh, Sunday. So if you saw any chaos there and didn't see the messages in chat, once again, please be in chat. Um, but uh, aside from that, was there anything else you wanted to talk about those uh, crazy rule changes? Uh, no, I am interested to see how IDP plays out. Um, you know, I, I, as somebody who's advocating for the change, like I understand why we needed to do it. It was a little sad seeing kind of the, the depressed scores across the board. Um, it seems like defensive ends, uh, really took a hit too. Um, since a lot of their scoring came from, um, stuffs and sacks and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, you're going to want to look at your players, you know, guys who you assumed were going to be good this year because you were good last year. They may not be just because, you know, the point values have shifted a little bit. Um, tackle accumulation definitely is a is a big thing this season. Um, I was just walk, watching uh, my, my bash bros on the Seahawks just rack them up last night, just tackle after tackle, um, which is good, you know, but we like seeing the big plays too. We like getting the big points from the big plays. Um, I, I personally didn't get any like interceptions or, or touchdowns or anything. Maybe some teams who did, uh, still felt that thrill. Um, but yeah, definitely keep an eye on your guys. So, you know, um, if they're actually, you know, scoring well or not. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to track this all season long, but, um, I mean, on the flip side, we, we definitely did see the points dip a little bit and, um, I, defensive line. I mean, I mentioned Von Miller earlier. I did see that with a few other DLs. Um, but I mean, this, the upside is still there. Mika Fitzpatrick scored what? 32, 36, uh, something in the thirties, you know, so kind of, which is a good, I, I feel like a good ceiling, you know, maybe for a defensive player, like you could see like potentially one, one, dude getting like two pick sixes in a game he scores 40 points you know that's like a great quarterback you know performance um but not likely to happen you know uh that often or you know it might make the uh the studs a little bit more studlier and worth maybe more money in the auction um so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes each you know throughout the year but um as somebody who was expecting like a lot lower scores you know having a 30 burger dropped on you by an idp idp player after all this you know still good it still makes me feel like it's all right like we're, we're still going to get some like really good performances from from defensive players yeah i think if you skim across the board i mean this is probably where we envisioned like these scores happening anyway i mean you see a lot of guys just scoring like around 10 points which is pr- you know pretty much what we imagine like for any position um and then you know some of the more top end guys scoring around 15 with some you know big scores happening around like the 20 25 mark so like it it kind of passes the eyeball test um and kind of makes you realize how inflated those numbers were in the previous seasons um but yeah i'm interested to see it play out over the the full season for sure all right so let's move on to uh, the draft i know we both wanted to do a a, a post draft preseason pod uh, we're we're hoping to get it last week hoping to get it on saturday didn't quite work out um I don't know how much time you want to spend on it, but you know, I, I did, I was curious, um, your thoughts just in general, like if you had to give a very, for the whole league, just on draft day, you know, take out keepers as much as possible. Um, but you know, kind of give the grade an overall or uh, sorry, the league an overall grade for drafting. Bazinga. Uh, I don't know. What did you walk away with? How, how do you feel the league? Uh, it's, it's kind of weird because you always go into those things and you know, you might prep using like a certain website or something, but since we're not using any of the software in front of us, like who really knows, you know, like what sources everyone's using, 
that being said, it did seem like uh, a lot of us were kind of in on the same players. Um, I was talking about this a lot at the draft uh, to a couple of people, but you know, the, the downside of auction is that there's, if there's one other person who's in on the same player as you, it doesn't really matter if everyone is in on that same player, it just takes one to kind of blow up that price, you know? So at least for the guys I was into, it seemed like, you know, there was at least one other person into like every single guy. Um, the other big thing I noticed was um, just the the pricing. Uh, I, I tried to have like my most flexible draft plan yet. Um, I generally put like a, a price next to a guy that's not like a hard and fast thing, but just as kind of a guideline. This year I actually put like big bands next to each guy too to make sure that I was really going up to get the guys that I wanted to, you know, like what was the max I would spend. Um, and guys were still going for sometimes double what I had written down. It was really bizarre to me. Um, but thinking about it after, you know, I kind of came to the realization where, you know, a, like I said, everyone's going to have different rankings. You don't know what somebody has, uh, somebody valued at, but B, um, you know, looking at the numbers, uh, what I don't think happened as much last year, although looking at the numbers, I think it was a little bit there. With each year, each team is saving more money on these top end players, right? So like in my instance, I have Justin Jefferson for, you know, like under 20 bucks when he should be going as like a $60 player, right? So even though I, I have less money going into the draft, but because of those values that we have, we actually have more val- more money to spend on, on like lower tier players, right? I hope that makes sense. Everyone has yeah. probably already come to this conclusion. So because of that, we're able to drive up prices on, you know, uh, you and I talked about it a lot, especially in like the guys that we consider to be in like the high teens or like mid twenties or something. A lot of those guys were getting blown up way into the thirties, the you know, almost the forties sometimes in price. And like I said, I think it's just because uh, every team, no matter how many keepers you have, we all have like a little bit extra money because of all the, the value of keepers that we have. Yeah, it's definitely um, too. And I, I think on the flip side of that, you know, seeing, and we saw it most obviously with the running backs going for a, a small inflation, but it's like when you save, not only are teams saving money because, you know, pretty much everyone has a, a, a one good like keeper value um, in that those first two rounds. So you're saving value from there, but also it's like, what I didn't anticipate is that, you know, that would very heavily inflate the, the existing like, uh, you know, going salaries for, um, the, the available top players. So, I mean, we saw it so hard with running backs. Like I, I just, I could not imagine <laughs> getting to our like 15th running back and we're still paying high thirties. Um, it, it, you know, really showed out there. Um, so yeah, it's like every year we do this, you know, you think you got it figured out, you might have a strategy going in, uh, you know, think that your value is gonna, gonna save you, but hurt everyone else. And it's just like pure chaos and <laughs> you don't really know. Um, yeah, I I think looking at the, you know, maybe other people do this. I don't spend a lot of time doing it and I probably should is getting a better sense of, you know, what the needs are of the league and like how many guys exist in a tier. Um, cause yeah, you were talking about running backs a lot, you know, I kind of looked around and thought, well, you know, there's a couple of teams with like good running back keepers, you know, maybe the demand won't be as high. Um, especially with how many like first round busts we had last year, um, as far as running backs go. But oh my God, dude, everyone was in on, you know, the top end running backs. And then um, in my case, you know, Joe Mixon wasn't the plan, but he was like, he was the last RB1 on the board. 
Um, and you know, the next guy after him was, you know, maybe like the RB, I think like Brees Hall or something, you know, did not want to be my RB one. Um, and so that cost me, you know, I had to like spend up and looking at these prices, you know, yeah. Dalvin cook for 47. Yeah. Of course I'd rather have that than, you know, mixing at at 55. Um, so yeah, just a lesson learned for me this year, you know, make sure that you get in before, um, you know, the, the, the tier is over. Yeah. I, I hear that advice all the time, you know, right before the draft in auction leagues, like, oh, you should, you know, if there's somebody you want, like a first or second rounder, put them up for nomination early and then go to the strategy where you're trying to get money out of people, but like get the first person in the tier so that you can, it's not even setting the price. It's like usually at a discount because people aren't willing to spend up until they see the the end of the tier come. And it's like, oh no, there's only one or two more of the RB ones on this tier. So, you know, you get a little inflation in the back end. I hear that every year in the moment, it is like, it is super hard to execute on that. (laughs) I mean, it is because my, my notes for running back are grab whichever grab, uh, grab like one of the RB ones, whichever one is the cheapest. And none of them were going for like what I thought was like very cheap. You know, I, I grabbed Aaron Jones last year for, you know, like low 40s or high 30s or something. That was more what I had in mind. And so as none of these guys are going for cheap and all of a sudden I look down at my thing and it's like, well, fuck, this is the last one. Like what my plan doesn't include. What do I do if none of them go for cheap? You know, like. Yeah. Uh, so overall, if you had to, to give the, the whole league a draft grade uh, just for what they did at the draft, not for their keeper situation general feelings how did the league do uh i mean i think they did well it seemed like everyone had like a plan you know like the the when i say that everyone was like in on you know the players and stuff i mean people were bidding like very aggressively on guys and i think that's because you know i think we're moving more to that structure where like the uh, our teams come in they have a, a draft strategy they have guys that they like and they're paying up to get those guys on their team um, and that, that's what it seemed like it was for the most part. Yeah. That's a big change. I think that, um, I mean, I've been trying to embrace, uh, more recently. I know that you've been o- always a big proponent of, uh, I guess fantasy's version of, of rule of cool. No, maybe not. Uh, but you know, picking the players <laughs> that you like, or, uh, you know, having a team that you like. Um, and yeah, I, I, I tried that a little bit more this year. I definitely saw some other people. Um, but I agree. I mean, I'd give, I'd give the league a solid B, um, which I think is pretty high for like across 12 teams. Um, cause yeah, I think, you know, there wasn't really a, like a weak team after the draft. Um, it looked like people got your win after the players that they wanted. Like you said, um, I, I think overall people, you know, across the league, you know, took some chances on some, uh, some flyers, maybe some potential keepers, uh, the, the vet value resets, salary resets were great. Um, so I think overall pretty solid. I walked, I walked away. We didn't get the, I don't know. We didn't do a lot of roster baiting like directly after like we normally did. Cause we wanted to get directly in the pool, but, um, I, I don't know. I feel like if we were all standing around there, you know, hands on, uh, on hips, I think, uh, we could have patted ourselves on the back. Well done. Well done league. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of flipping through the draft thing right now, you know, kind of looking for some egregious, you know, buys or drops or anything. And it's really not like I say that everyone went over value, but, you know, re- it wasn't really like that much over. Um, and I think that the draft list like mostly falls in line with like ADP, um, just the prices were uh uh, scooched up a much, but usually, you know, each year we are like, Oh man, I, I can't believe this guy, you know, went for $2 and he should have gone for 15. You know, there's like a couple of guys like that. We really didn't have anybody slip in the draft like that. Yeah, no, I didn't see any, you know, huge fat. I mean, 
there were a lot of great picks, but there there weren't that many where I was like, wow, that is a great pick. You know, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I, I, we got there were definitely some values out there, but nothing nothing too egregious. Um, so yeah, yeah. Right, well, you know, we'll, we'll see as the season goes on. You know, maybe we'll be looking back and oh, I can't believe this guy went for ten dollars or something. I am trying to figure out why I was so expensive to spend five dollars on Tom Brady. That one is is lost to me. It was a blackout moment from the draft. Uh, yeah, I mean. D- it's a week one. Don't overreact. And the Cowboys put up zero. I already dropped him. Oh my God. Perfect. (laughs) Cowboys put up zero fight. You're going to have better. It's you're going to have some great stack days, uh, between Brady and Evans. So we'll, we'll see, uh, on the other side of that matchup though, unfortunate, uh, you know, and and we'll probably talk about Lucinda's team a little bit later. The DAC injury, CD lamb looking lost out there. Oh, that one hurts. That one hurts. Yeah, the Cowboys team feels pretty easy to fade right now. Um, they might bounce back, but uh, without Dak, yeah, it's going to be a hard sell. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get into, unless you have anything else to mention about the draft. Uh, no, I mean, the draft weekend itself was great. It was um, it was awesome to see everybody. Um, we had an awesome time. The draft went really, really well. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to do that again. Yeah, no, that was really cool. Yeah, great location. Um, you know, learned something about playing slosh ball in 100 degree weather. Um, sounds obvious now, but you know, we we got to experience that firsthand. Uh, yeah, draft spot was great. Pool was warm all the time, and, and you know, MVP goes to that extra day. I don't think personally, I'll never go back to not having the extra day because it really gives you that chance to kind of chill and relax. You know, it's not just about fantasy football. Again, you know, we got to think about our mental health and work life balances and just getting a chance to lounge in a pool while your friends played skulls, skulls nearby. It was great. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the week that was. So week one in the books. Don't think I said that on the pod. Welcome back. Um, so we'll talk about, you know, you know, we'll get into power rankings. We'll talk about the match of the week. Um, but before that, I did want to call out a couple, uh, just, a, just a couple good like plays performances. Uh, I mean, we had, there was no shortage of great performances. I already called out Minka Fitzpatrick on the defensive side a couple times, uh, Cooper cup doing awesome things on Thursday night along with Josh Allen. So, I mean, we had some stars that were, you know, Hey, first rounders proven why they're first rounders. So, uh, but I want to call out a couple people, um, just that maybe we weren't expecting this kind of greatness. Uh, the first one is, is Saquon. I think Saquon holds a special place in a lot of our hearts. Uh, you know, if you've had him for the last couple of years, it's, it's been a little bit of disappointment, but, uh, I mean, Saquon, uh, just always rooting for that guy. And man, is our number one running back scorer for the week, just shredding, shredding through that Tennessee defense. Uh, did you, did you get any uh, chance to watch, uh, red zone or anything you see any uh saquad this week uh we, we were watching red zone in the morning but yeah i, I kind of missed some of the afternoon slate so no i did not catch a lot of saquon but i was very happy to see his uh his stat line yeah uh we were just talking about the whole running back inflation during the draft and then like watching saquon you know do that seem like a first rounder again and it's like oh he kind of went at a discount i don't have what he went for right now but it don't think it was egregious. $50. $50. Okay. Okay. All right. So maybe not too much. I was thinking maybe you got like mid forties and I was going to say that's, that's a true value. Um, <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Saquon. Uh, my other shout out, and this one's going to be a little painful for you, even though you walked away with the, the W 
huge question mark on the keeper uh, format or front of, you know, coming into the, the draft, but Devin Duvernay for Springfield Adams scoring two TDs and being one of the top, uh, top five wide receivers. Uh, were you keeping track of that? Were you just like chalking that up to, to Martin luck, like during the matchup? How, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, before Jefferson played, it really wasn't looking that great. And yeah, he was getting uh, points out of uh, Duvernay. Cordero Patterson, who every year everyone is like, this guy's not good. He's not a running back. He can't like keep this up. You know, he came out and had like, I don't know, like 25 rushes or something. He had like an incredible game. I was like, this is this is like classic me. I'm going to lose to Martin, you know, with Devin uh, DuVernay and uh, Cordero Patterson, you know, dropping 40 points while Martin uh, punts the tight end position. Uh, but thankfully, it didn't turn out like that. Yeah. Me. Cordero was the uh, the other name I was going to put on this list. Uh, I, I, one, you know, like super nerd stat was, I guess, his... Um, was it like his snap count or his touch count for, from the running back position? And it was like 83% where I think his highest last year was like 75. Um, so leaning even more into being like uh, somewhat of a bell cow for, for Atlanta. So huge shout out. And we, you and I, we both love Cordero. So always a shout out there. Um, and then uh, who are all these tight ends that are the, the top five tight ends? We have Travis Kelsey and a couple of just jabronis. So uh, I don't know, like go, go check the top scores, the scoring leaders for tight ends. Uh, if you're in the market, Hey, week one overreaction for tight ends, do it. These guys are going to be hall of famers. Kelsey, watch out. I'm not, you know, like a football guy. I don't necessarily understand everything that I'm seeing when I watch the games. Um, and I didn't watch all the games. So maybe it's just a um, like bias from the games that I did watch. I felt like teams were running out like an ungodly amount of two and three tight end sets like all week. Um, it seemed like every team was doing it. Yeah. Did you notice anything yeah. like that? No, in a lot of the games I saw that as well. Um, but it also seemed like, it, you know, in comparison with that, and maybe this is just biased from watching the game last night, Seattle versus Denver, where again, they use like two and three tight end sets a lot and they threw to the tie ins. They had a lot of these like crafty, like engineered, plays for the the tight ends it's like that that combination sounds i guess with the right play caller would be like super fruitful um i don't know why more teams are 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 doing it so who knows maybe this is the tight end renaissance and you can't expect uh two seattle tight ends in the top six we'll see we'll see uh yeah i mean maybe not just with tight ends though either something that i haven't uh seen like a lot of analysis on yet but was kind of mentioned here and there is uh, just we've been talking about like running back committee, like everyone has seen that happen, right? It's happening all over the NFL. The days of like the stud RB1 are like almost behind us. Um, but it seems like more recently it's it's kind of happening with wide receiver a little bit, too. Um, this, we definitely had some studs this weekend. But if you pull up like a lot of the the team charts, you'll see there's like, you know, I, I think uh, Herbert targeted like nine different guys over the uh, the week. Um, and there were a bunch of teams where like the top guy in targets had like five. And then there were a bunch of dudes with four targets, a bunch of dudes with three targets. And, uh, so that's another thing I'm kind of watching with the, the tight end thing is, um, you know, just how much they're spreading out the ball, um, in the entire receiving game. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you called out targets there, especially for tight ends. If you scroll a little bit lower on the, the week one scoring leaders, um, you know, there's some double digit targets for tight ends that are, didn't, you know, pan out, didn't get that TD Tyler Higby, Pat, Pat Firemuth. Um, so I mean, some like 
maybe maybe this is the year of the tight end. Uh, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, definitely take a li- look at that that list. It's a it's a beautiful list. Um, also, real briefly, and we'll move on really quickly from that. Want to call out our bench superstars? Uh, we we mentioned Kareem Hunt already. Uh, shout out to Hunt. Uh, play both Browns running backs every week. Um, and then the other, you know, this is we're gonna we're gonna make fun of it a little bit, but uh, you're you're a slant boy fan, and I know. Uh, Brian is too. So even though you benched him, Michael Thomas, but welcome back, buddy. Uh, is this a wide one, wide receiver one that we've all been waiting for? Uh, Slant boy is so offensive for whatever reason. Is it? I guess it's like retarded. You just you just don't want to hear it or say it. Um, yeah, you know, I I kind of was a doubter. Uh, just these guys. There's just like a certain amount of conditioning that goes into football. You know, like being out there running that hard, having you know that guy slam into you, going that fast, that hard. Um, so yeah, I was kind of a doubter that he was going to be able to come out and do that. But yeah, I mean, he looked pretty great. Him and him and Winston looked like they were really clicking in the second half. So. Uh, I think that, yeah, that might've been a big, uh, get for the surfers. I also want to point out that, uh, he did not, uh, make a catch on a single, uh, slant round yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I was going to say, apologize, <laughs> uh, apologies to, to Michael Thomas. Uh, both his TDs were like out routes and, you know, off to the, the side. <laughs> so yeah, my bad. Uh, never shall you hear it again, but welcome back, Michael Thomas, uh, get him in your lineup. <laughs> um, let's real briefly before power rankings, we'll talk about uh matchup of the week, which Easiest one to pick week one, Bobo rematch. Uh, my Puma Skulls versus Andrew's championship boomers. Um, so big night. I kind of felt like this matchup uh, thematically, and I'm glad it turned out this way. Um, but I was watching Thursday night's game, uh, Buffalo Bills versus the championship Rams, you know, and obviously I'm very invested in the Bills. I, I feel kind of like a, our two teams share a similar identity. And so to watch the Bills you know, crush the Rams, even though the Rams weren't the one that necessarily like prevented them from getting to the Super Bowl last year. Felt very like thematic for the Puma Skulls and maybe, you know, the rest of the team felt that as well. So um, huge, huge win. I feel like it's a more important than just that win on the the, the standings page. It was like a, a spiritual win because as, as you know, you're the historian. I don't have a lot of good luck against Andrew's squads uh, historically. So uh, I also don't have a lot of good luck on week one. So Big win for me, feeling great. Uh, but Andrew's team, I mean, put up what fifth highest score without, uh, you know, with a zero point Shaq uh, Leonard in, in the lineup. So don't count out the Boomers. I mean, they're. I think there's a pretty good chance that you know they could make it back into the playoffs and make that back to back repeat run. Uh, yeah, just looking up uh, up and down the lineup here, you know, you can see it, it kind of it's kind of a bummer that the final score like looks like such a blowout because I mean it did feel pretty close for a while. Um, and you know, looking at Andrew's lineup, you can kind of see you know exactly you know it only took a couple pieces to not work out right. You know, Aaron Rodgers probably being the biggest you know glaring problem. Um, the Packers just looked fucking horrible overall. Uh, and maybe that goes back to what we were talking about with the, you know, the getting the, the preseason games and stuff, um, you know, and, and nine points out of Eckler, that's, you know, what you might probably consider like a down day. And then like, 
uh, Shaq Leonard, but you know, a, a lot of great hits, you know, Hill looked like a freaking monster on Miami and only got 14 points. There's probably still a lot more there. Definitely. And then, you know, having Claude Edwards Hilaire pan out, Michael Pittman looked incredible. So yeah, I think there's still a lot of uh, room for optimism for sure. The boomers for sure. Like strong team, uh, lots of guys that could, you know, get up there and score, you know, top scoring at the position. Uh, yeah, you were, you were wondering why I wasn't gloating in chat, you know, over the weekend and it, Part of it was how it played out. I mean, it wasn't really, it never felt like a blowout until kind of the very end where, you know, then it, it became this like high, you know, he would need a huge Tyler Rocket game to come back. Um, but I mean, like I had, I had a lot of early window guys and a lot of my guys didn't score to like the very end, you know, within like two minutes, I had the, the uh, Amon Ra touchdown and the Rashad Bateman touchdown that kind of like brought me back in there. I mean, AJ Dillon wasn't doing crap for most of the game, so it, it was very tense. I did not, you know, there was no gloating because I thought for a significant portion of that that I was going to get beat up by by Andrew's team. And once Minko was going off, I was just like, damn it, Andrew's doing it again with the freaking IDP. He's going to just, like, stop me even with five IDP. This is incredible. Um, yeah, hard loss, I'm sure, for the boomers, but... Don't count them out. They're definitely going to be, uh, especially in, in that division, you know, ramp, rampaging around. Definitely. All right. We got some power rankings. Uh, we're, we're pretty deep in the pod, so we'll, we'll try to blow through these and maybe a, a couple notes per team. Uh, let's start from the bottom, Justin. Who we got? Uh, man, just brutal. You hate to see it. But uh, TGIF, number 12, didn't even have the worst score of the week. Yeah, this one I don't agree with. Uh, definitely in a, a tough division. Uh, did not put up a, a huge point total against Ashley. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I feel like with Eric's teams, he always comes out of the draft with a solid team. I give him that level of trust. You know, as a, as a GM, uh, you know, give him a few weeks to get going. Um, so 12 for me, this is, this is definitely overreaction week one. Yeah, we were kind of ripping on some teams for not starting guys, but man, like uh, Eric got zero from Cole Komet. I know Ashley got zero out of a linebacker, so a lot of a lot of zeros going around. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty to look positive. Eric always does really well at IDP, and then Jerry Judy and Devontae Adams are looking like a pretty killer duo too. So oh, yeah. a lot of room to go up. Um, coming in after that, we have the Shenanahads. And again, I don't understand. Pull up the team. Yeah, nice. I don't. This is another one that's a little head scratcher. Uh, You know, got the win. Not a great performance, uh, you know, uh, all around, but squad is pretty solid. Um, You know, Jalen Waddle had a great touchdown. Derrick Henry had a down day, um, only eight points. Uh, That's probably the worst that you're going to see from Henry. Um, And then, I don't know. Jalen Hurts doing Jalen Hurts type shit. So overall, I don't know. I think there's a lot of circumstance here. Like Darnell Mooney is not going to play in a hurricane every week. So he's definitely going to score more than one point. Uh, I don't know. Overreaction. That's my vote. Uh, yeah, it, it could be. Definitely a lot of uh, a lot of question marks on, on Jim's team, at least for me. You know, guys like Brees Hall, um, you know, could play out huge or could, you know, seven points might just be kind of the the standard. So yeah, we'll, we'll see for sure. All right. Coming in at number 10, last year's early season darling, the rusty narwhals. This is another disagree for me. I, again, I know Janice scored the lowest of week one, um, but I think I put narwhals at like eight, maybe, maybe even seven, uh, a little bit higher. Just because, again, if you look at the names and you just don't look at the scores, 
this team is freaking solid. It, you know, it, it it's just like, this team's going to go off. So I don't know. Again, uh, another overreaction. I think overall the league's in horrible power rankings so far. <laughs> Uh, Jenna has an interesting combo of some of the uh, the preseason guys that I'm still interested to see how they pan out. So, you know, Chase Edmonds got a lot of usage, but didn't really score a lot. Um, DJ Moore, everyone was just like, oh, my God, like this is going to be his his year, you know, finally part 10. Um, and that didn't really pan out. Uh, ETN just crazy hyped. And he he kind of looked like a mess uh, in, during the game. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm torn on how I feel about Janice's team. Better better days ahead for ETN. He dropped that wide open touchdown. That that really sucked. Uh, that must have been frustrating. But well, you you got to catch him if you want to stay got, in the you NFL. You got to catch him. You got to catch him. But uh, yeah, I think uh, better better days ahead for Narwhals. All right, and then coming in at number nine, we got the Fluffy Bunnies, mm. who also had a pretty horrible score in an L. Yeah, again, just lost a little bit harder than Jim lost. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's some hope here. I'd say I definitely ranked, you know, Fluffy pretty low. Um, so, uh, you know, there, but there's a, lot, there's a lot to like. I just think there's a little bit of uncertainty. Um, you know, you didn't get any, like, blow-up scores, but... Uh, yeah, he's really missing just, like, one good score, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Gibson, though, looks like that's going to be a thing. Yeah, Gibson, solid. And, I mean, uh, making the call to bench uh, Mitchell uh, for Gibson, I mean, when that started, when when lineups locked, like, for full disclosure, I was like, Brett, that is a bad move. And it was a good move. It was a great move. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm even look, looking at the wide receiver, I mean, we saw Cortland Sutton last night, you know, not live up to kind of that hype that we're hoping with, uh, you know, the Bible narrative with Russ. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster debuting with the Chiefs. We won more of that. Allen Robinson on Thursday night. I mean, we all definitely thought there was you know, going to gonna be more to that, the breakfast narrative. Oh, no, that's the other. He's out of the breakfast narrative. That's that's why. Get some bacon, Allen Robinson, <laughs> saddle up next to uh, to Stafford. But, I, like, if you look just at those three guys, I think, you know, we're, we're going to see brighter days ahead. So still ranking them pretty low because it was a pretty – yeah, I don't know. Some uh, some bad performances there. Some some more question marks I think Brett wanted, but there's still some hope. Well, we had pretty high turnout for the rankings this week and still ended up with a tie. So tied for 7th uh, and 8th, we had uh, Niblonians and uh, the Bakers. Yeah. Uh, interesting here. Let's talk about Niblonians first. They uh, scored almost exactly the same. Yeah, very, very close. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Dak's injury earlier and just, I mean, before the injury, because that, that happened actually like pretty late in the game. So if you're looking at those four and a half points and then watch the game, you know, it was not early that that happened. It was just um, a lot of passes, you know, going to, to CD Lamb. Some of the passes just weren't catchable. Other ones, it just looked like CD wasn't in the right spot. Um, really disappointed. I was, I, I'm not like super huge on Dak, but like I, I was, I'm really high on CD lamb. You know, he, if he was available, he was a person I would have like targeted in the draft. And so coming out of the draft, I mean, we had a ton of stacks, the QB, you know, running, uh, wide receiver stacks coming out of the draft. And I thought this one was going to be like just sure fire. So it kind of sucks, you know, with the Prescott being out for at least a few weeks and CD lamb. Yeah. I, he's obviously going to do better in four points, but, um, I don't think anyone like, felt that that was like a great performance on his end. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then um, over on the uh, the Bakers, man, he, he, he's he got a real gym team with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert on the bench with 23 points. So don't look forward to solving that equation each week. But 
Uh, Robert, uh, you know, he kind of had the, uh, aside from Mahomes, he kind of had the same problem as some of these other teams that we're looking at. Just nobody really took the top off, you know, a lot of eights and nines, which, you know, is, is good. You want, you want to have that floor. Um, and then some of these guys just looking downright horrible, like man, Zeke, I don't know, man, he, he, he might be done <laughs> as far as moving around the field. Cowboys already looked pretty bad. And then he was looking pretty bad on top of that. Uh, it's a shame about Zeke too, cause his new helmet does look pretty cool. I think they called it a spaceman helmet or something during the broadcast <laughs> looks pretty sweet, but yeah, there, there's definitely some holes. Um, yeah, I, I think in this lineup just cause the injury to Keenan Allen, we're not sure like how many weeks that's going to be, but they're playing on Thursday night, just two nights from now. So he's probably going to be out. Um, so, you know, that's another bench spot. Uh, Kenny Galladay, like where, where are you? Where'd you go? We don't know if Lazard's going to be back this week. Uh, so definitely some holes in that wide receiver. Hopefully, you know, Robert is picking up some uh, wide receivers on the waiver wire. Uh, you mentioned being a gym team. He also has quite a few defensive players on the bench, so <laughs> he's in the double gym. Yep, yeah, a lot, a lot to work through. Yeah. All right, coming in at number six, we got the champ. Yeah. People disrespecting the champ. I mean, I know he got the the L, but look at the score. Uh, great squad, but again, you know, just the part of part of the fantasy uh, job as a manager is just uh, showing up and just checking checking your injury report because um, I think. <laughs> Jack wasn't he, he Leonard was announced out the night before or was that Kittle I'm, I can't remember either way uh Kittle was the night before Leonard even in the draft was like he might not start the season yeah so um but yeah like Andrew he's definitely got some questions I like his his starting roster is like pretty solid the, yes. the bench like uh, he could probably drop all these guys tomorrow uh, and it wouldn't make a difference um but you know he has that opportunity it's week one it's the best time to pick up players so yeah maybe we'll see a lot of churn and plus he has the rb1 for houston already on his team so rex burkhead <laughs> that's what i was I gonna call it was pretty panned during the draft but <laughs> it was because he got he got him early and he nominated him at three bucks and we were just all like what is going on but after week one uh he, he is the uh, star rb of the the houston that's texans the pick, man so, yeah way to go yeah Andrew. so yeah. boomers will turn it around um coming in at number five wow. uh the adams big surprise just Huge. i mean week one you know they start here and they just kind of work their way down down the rankings mm-hmm. Yeah, fourth highest score on the week, and that is with a zero-point injured George Kittle. Um, just got great performances. We already called out Devin Duvernay, who was kind of a creep, uh, keeper, question mark, not a creeper. Kind of a creeper. <laughs> yeah. um, and he somehow survived. Uh, I, I guess Kyler ended up with a decent game in the end, 20 points. But, I mean, like watching a little bit of, of the, the Cardinals and the Chiefs, man, the Cardinals looked ugly, ugly. Uh, so you, know, you still got the last week one, you know, bad matchup against the second highest scoring team, but I don't feel that this is a overreaction that Martin's team is ranked this high. Uh, I think some of us noted during the draft, he was, he had so much prep materials. He was there to the end, you know, really grinding it out. His team actually looked pretty good and, you know, putting up the fourth highest score when the vast majority of the league is scoring under 145 and you got, you know, 30 points over that. That's some success just to get a tight end that's going to play and you could score 180. <laughs> it's easy to say because they mostly did well. But yeah, I mean, it does look pretty well rounded. Um, definitely some question marks around, you know, Kittle's health. Uh, David Montgomery did also did not look great, kind of in the same vein as Zeke. So uh, some stuff to figure out. But, you know, he's got some great pieces on the bench, too. So uh, although my my favorite player, Amir Abdullah, did not pan out at all. I'm pretty bummed about that. That's a shame. That's a shame, but still yeah. more to be seen. We'll see. So, um, yeah, you know, it's just week one. We have more to see if, uh, Adams will 
drop down or is this the another one of the years where they have this kind of just like rise up to the top and you know, all the way up to the bubble we'll see coming in at number four i guess just based off name recognition um you know Probably. not one of the the greater scores but but whole servers man uh yeah maybe not even a great you know like what, what's going on here got 30 points out of Barkley, which we've all been like, you know, raving about two points out of Robert Woods. T Higgins got hurt. Tony played like four snaps or something. Cam Akers barely played <laughs> zero points. I mean, this team looks like kind of a fucking mess right now. And going back to your chart, you know, the, the ESPN uh, suggested plays versus, you know, the best totals versus what you try. I mean, like over 30 points below what ESPN suggested, that's a really hefty drop. And it's like, my question is how even how, how it, it seems like almost impossible to undermine the very like milk toast uh, ESPN protections. <laughs> Cause sometimes they're even projecting like bench guys to score, you know, like uh, whatever, you know? So I, I don't even know how it's possible to, <laughs> to get that far below the ESPN threshold, but Hey, still coming out with a W. I know that's what counts. Uh, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, you know, the thing I will say about Ryan's team that's good, you know, he he gained a lot of knowledge on his his players and like his bench guys. You know, sometimes in like a board game, you'll kind of throw around just to kind of learn something. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan still got the win, but yeah, he kind of figured out, you know, which which of these guys are probably startable in the, the next couple of weeks. Information is key. Yep. Coming in at number three, we got the shitty sources. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, a pretty huge win. Um, you know, she's pretty upset about uh, leaving Hunt on the bench. But yeah, still, you know, coming out with almost 200 points. Um, and yeah, the squad's looking pretty well-rounded. Although, you know, a couple of preseason darlings and Stevenson and Pierce may not be what she wanted them to be. Yeah, so their performances, uh, plus, you know, you mentioned uh, she had a linebacker score zero. Um and still to put up the third highest points scored, you have Joe Burrow throwing, like literally throwing to the, the Steelers just for memes, uh, what, like four ints, five ints, uh, and, and still <laughs> almost pulling out 20 points. Um, and yeah, Kareem Hunt on the bench. It's This, this is a, a pretty powerful squad. So um, again, Ashley's cursing me in chat because, you know, I put her in the power division with the rest of us, uh, you know, hulks up here. Uh, it, but... Hopefully, you know, aside from maybe some interdivisional, uh, you know, power matchups, this could be the the year where, you know, we see Ashley doing the high scoring thing, having a great squad, but actually, you know, maybe having some some success and getting in deep into the playoffs with that. I think, you know, again, to me, the most promising thing is, you know, another great stack with Burrow and Chase. And if your QB can throw that many turnovers and still end up with 18 points, which is like a decent QB day and you got your other guys doing this other stuff. I mean, that's a good squad. Great squad. Yeah. I think Jamar chase had like, like four almost touchdowns, uh, and instead only got one. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty terrified of what his ceiling looks like. Yeah. One of his touchdowns, his almost touchdowns, if they would have reviewed it was a touchdown. And I don't, I can't remember if that was the same drive that he ended up scoring his one touchdown. So it might've not mattered in the end, but there's definitely one where it's like, if they would have just reviewed it, he would add points right then. Mm -hmm. Scary stuff. And then Kelsey, the only uh, tight end in the top five, whose name we know. (laughs) So (laughs) another year of uh, positional advantage for Ashley there. The only tight end that matters in fantasy until Gronk uh, joins the Bucks in week 10. Yeah. (laughs) All right. 
Coming in at, we'll just do it, uh, number two and number one. Uh, not a lot of surprises, except for maybe the order here. Uh, Puma Skulls at number two. Travis. Giant Octopus at number one. Travis. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, Austin scored, uh, what, five more points than me? It's just the writing's on the wall, you know? Yeah, I don't Puma know. Puma Skulls number one. I guess I got to be the top scorer two weeks in a row to start the season, go 2-0 and until I get some some belief, but whatever. I You know, you got to score 260 points. It, it, I guess so. You know, it, it's such a stupid thing to, to really just want to, you know, just be on top of the power rankings for one week during the season. That would just be really cool, you know? And I thought I kind of had it locked in, but you know what? Fuck you all, and uh, I'll get there next week. Um, I'm sure you and I have a matchup, I think, maybe week four. Uh, So if I don't get to the bottom of this before then... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> we'll sort it out. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get it sorted out when we match up in week four. And then probably by then, Ashley will be ranked at number one. So we all won't have to worry about it. But whatever. Oh, yeah. Speaking of schedule, I cannot be more thankful that I beat Martin in week one when his team is the strongest. <laughs> um, you know, you want to face Martin in week like 11 or maybe in the middle of, you know, biocalypse bio or something. It, it definitely helps to get the later later matchup. You were you were commenting on that. And then, you know, we got the uh, the Kittle start, you know, while injured. And I think some of us were like, well, maybe uh, Justin's going to get a Martin start after all. But, uh, you know, you still had to defeat the fourth highest score. So it wasn't a, yeah. it wasn't a freebie by any. I know um, IDP has been a, a little contentious um, since we expanded and when we added it and stuff like that. But I got to tell like the whole league that I don't think I've ever had as much fun in fantasy football um, watching TJ Watt just absolutely terrorize Joe Burrow and then Cody Barton and Jordan Brooks. Just I mean, every tackle that happened last night, one of one or both of them was involved. Um, and that was some of the most fun watching I've ever had in fantasy. We, we've we're like way over you know, our podcast time, but, uh, I want to reserve some time a little bit later and we'll see, I we'll see if I survive week two like this, but you and I both have a similar linebacker situation where we've got two linebackers on the same team. Um, and they're both like almost hundred percent snap count type dudes in the middle of the field. Uh, so kind of locking down an entire, uh, uh, defensive linebacker backfield, interesting strategy i i hope i'm hoping to see it pay off a little bit more but it's it's, it's part of this uh like new kind of area that you know we as a league are going to explore a little bit uh, but yeah i also enjoyed watching the two seahawks linebackers uh, run around and, and tackle the shit out of her <laughs> dude you were right cody barton has or whoever said that cody barton has like the you know psycho white guy eyes uh that dude looks scary <laughs> i i would not want to meet that dude in the 7-eleven He's he's always smiling. He is smiling, but it's like makes, makes it worse. Yeah, smiling, but those eyes, it's like, oh, creepy. Yeah, he's a scary looking dude. Well, there are the power rankings. I'm sure we'll see a ton of shakeup uh, after week two, as there always is. Uh, speaking of week two, we're gonna look ahead with the matchup of the week. There's there were a couple good ones uh, for for week two. Um, I, I think we'll we'll call out real quick. Uh, you know, your matchup with Ashley. Get a little uh, Phillips domestic bowl. We're going to get that twice this season. And, um, you know, after coming off a week where you were the number two scorer, she was the number three scorer. Seems like a great matchup. So uh, kind of that's our, our our matchup of the week on the side. You know, if you, if, if one match of the week isn't good enough for you. Uh, but we decided to go with uh, the Lugo Bowl because I, I believe this only happened once this season, right? And so, uh, yeah, Justin, break it down for us. What, what should we look forward to 
with Robert versus Martin. Uh, yeah, so only one previous matchup. Uh, Robert won the last one, so we got a revenge game for Martin. Um, you know, good thing for Martin, too. I don't know what is going on with projections. You know, Keenan Allen's uh, slated for zero points right now, so that might have to do with some of it. But Martin is projected to beat him by, like, 30 points right now. Um <laughs> Wow. Uh, you know, I mean, looking up and down, you know, they both got good quarterbacks. They both got, um, you know, probably give the edge to Martin as far as uh, uh, running backs go. Although Fournette looked pretty good the other day. Um, you know, Martin's wide receiver group, they just did really great this weekend. Um, although, you know, guys like uh, DuVernay, they, they need a little bit of time to kind of prove, you know, what they're doing. So uh, we'll have to see if Kittle's back. And then uh, IDP, I think Martin's group came out pretty strong week one. Um, so yeah, Robert's got some ground to make up there as well. Yeah, I think uh, kind of what we were saying about your week one matchup against Martin. Uh, if if that's the worst time to play Martin, then a week two after Martin has a great week one, you know, puts a top, top four score, not a great time. But then again, you know, uh, Robert had a great week one. Uh, for himself, locking down a win. So, so I mean, he's ahead on the win column there. But yeah, you mentioned Keenan Allen. So we got some question marks maybe at wide receiver, uh, but we'll see. So you know that this is the one um, it, potential downside, but you know that flexibility could be a potential benefit as well as the uh, you know the gym strategy with quarterbacks and defensive players having different options that you can play with. Um, so. We'll see. I mean, I would love, this is the only time I think that I would love to have two QBs starting is a situation like where you have them both playing like Herbert and Mahomes playing them both in a shootout. That might be, that might be pretty amazing, but unfortunately Robert will have to make a decision there. So we'll see Uh, if Robert can pull off the win, you know, maybe Martin's team is uh, fool's gold, you know, that that we're used to, we're all hyping it up too much. So maybe uh, black market bakers can come out there with a a statement win and go to two and O and send Martin to O and two. Uh, should be good. Should be good. Yeah, I I just noticed right now too. You know, Robert was missing Alan Lazard and Zachert, so you know maybe not like the biggest pieces to ever be missing. But you know, when when the size of our rosters and stuff, those are two pretty uh, you know big contributors. So yeah, should be should be a fun matchup. Definitely go on the ESPN chat and for that matchup, talk some shit if you'd like. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Justin, you got anything to uh, to close us out with? Um, you know, this is my favorite part of the pod where I overcommit on a bunch of stuff that never gets done. Uh, the website I had to do a migration on in the off season to kind of upgrade the back end. Um, and it, it kind of broke some stuff. So I'm working on fixing that. The one thing I did get going that I'm pretty excited about is, um, a couple of years ago, I was able to get like all the player scores and stats for like every single bonos matchup. Um, and I have that running again. So I'm just working on cleaning up the data right now, but, um, we should be able to answer really funny questions like, you know, how Austin, how often does Austin lose when he's facing Roquan Smith, you know, like how many bears has Eric owned over the years, you know, well, that uh, forte. who has the, a lot of yeah, who has, who has the most touchdowns like of all time, like in the league, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So one thing, uh, yeah, pretty, yeah. One thing we were, I think we were ahead. talking about the draft that I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to if we could get back is a couple of years ago, you did this breakdown of like, who are the, you know, who are TGIFs like top all time, like players for games, you know, and at the time you know, mm-hmm. Matt Forte was up there for me, it was like Antonio Brown, you know, I'm interested to see like, at some point, like Stefan Diggs is going to cross that Josh Allen, maybe. So, yeah, that was really fun seeing like, you know, you know, like we know that Ashley loves Kelsey. But when you see that, you know, how many games they've played as a shitty source, then you're like, oh, man, that love is real. So I'm interested in that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Should be fun. Yeah. 
Um, I guess if we're getting down to, to league stuff, uh, I have not clicked, uh, collected league dues from uh, anyone yet. So uh, I'll be sending out an email shortly for that. And they will be coming to me again this year. Um, if I don't owe you money for, for groceries for the draft. Um, so if you didn't buy food or alcohol during the draft, um, then your league dues are, are due. It's going to be 125 this year. Uh, that is 100 for the league entry fee, and then the $25 for the uh, weekly top scoring bonus. Uh, so 125, uh, I believe I need from Eric, Jim, Brett, Lucinda, uh, and Andrew. Um, the rest of you guys that I think there's you know between uh, Ryan, Jana, uh, Robert, Martin, they went they did a store run you and, and Ashley. So I might owe you guys some money for there. So you guys hold on. Um, but if you know for sure that I don't owe you grocery money for the the league stuff, send me that one twenty five. Uh, I'll shoot out an email with my Venmo and all that kind of information. But um, I would I would like to get that uh, in the next couple of weeks if we could get that all squared away. Yeah, pay Austin. God. Yeah. No, it's my fault. I, didn't, I like literally did not think about it. So um, even after, you know, la- last year I had some chasing around to do, but I trust y'all. We'll get it. We'll get it. Um, but I guess uh, speaking of league dues, you know, part of the league dues are going to a big uh, end of season trophy at the end of the year. Do you want to do the Simpsons meme? Tap the sign one more time, Kamish? Uh, yeah. You know, everybody's uh, are we talking about the not setting lineup thing? Yes. The only sign. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I know that we have a lot of players. I know the news on IDP is um, not as readily available, but, um, you know, definitely check your lineups the day before the games. Um, you typically, I mean, you have an opportunity to check in the morning too. You know, waivers don't go through till 8 a.m. So, um, and if you see a guy's questionable week, you know, it's probably worth reserving a, a spot to um, make sure you have a backup. And, uh, but just to reiterate what the rules are, you know, if you don't set the lineup, uh, two weeks in a row, like your season's pretty much over. Um, I'm going to take over the team, uh, just set ESPN, which we've seen does really, really well. Um, but the most important thing is, is that you will not be eligible, um, to win any prizes that season. You can still go to the bubble and, and win with the ESPN lineup or your lineup or whatever. Um, but you will not win any money. So yeah, get in there, fix those lineups. I think we briefly talked about in the past, a situation where, um, and, you know, maybe keepers play into this, maybe you're, you're, ha- you have a really rough bye week, um, but you don't want to drop, you know, certain players. There might be a situation where yes, you intentionally do not slot in a player, uh, for a week. Um, usually that happens mid season and not week one. So we definitely want, you know, check, check your rosters early. Come on, let, let's, let's do that. But if it gets to a point, you know, where st- strategy plays into it, I mean, there's the two week rule for a reason. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's way too early to be putting multiple teams on blast. So, uh, but definitely pay me first before you guys become ineligible for prizes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll shoot out that email soon and I'm sure Justin will tap all sorts of signs, uh, in the future, but we've gone plenty over Justin. Do you want to close this out with anything? Uh, no, uh, looks like it's going to be a fun season. Like I said, I think everybody had a really good draft. Um, we've been kind of clowning on teams or ranking them and stuff, but you know, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? No, we, we don't um, know think, shit. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody has a uh, really good looking teams and I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. Exciting for sure. Football's back. So many great storylines this year, whether you're just like a regular old NFL fan or you just pay attention to fantasy, whatever there is, it feels like some great stuff's going to happen. And, uh, Yeah. Looking forward to a great season. This is season 13, 14 for us. 
14? Yeah, have we not updated the site in two years? It still says 12, I think. Uh, oh. Whatever. Yeah, who knows when I have the site. Hey, season 14. That's great. Love, love it. Love to see it. All right, for the commission, this is Austin signing, Oster? Austin signing off. Uh, we'll see you guys next week on the Week 2 podcast. Set your lineups, talk some shit, and uh, look forward to the chaos of waiver wire tomorrow. Football's back, baby. Uh, so let's make some moves and drop some valuable players that I would love to pick up. For the commission, I'm signing off. We'll see you next week. See you.